2022. Captain Ellie, a decorated top gun aviator in the United States Navy, testifies before the House Intelligence Subcommittee on Counterterrorism. The subject is UFO sightings. The captain has recorded a recently leaked close encounter with a UFO. This is the first congressional hearing on this topic in over 50 years. And that is why I believe, despite having recorded my interactions with these unidentified aerial phenomena, these unexplained flying objects are experimental technologies from an earthbound actor or nation state, and not anything to do whatsoever with extraterrestrials from other galaxies or planets. Thank you for your time. I will have order, please. Thank you, Captain Ellie, for that opening statement. Congressman Cephas, you may begin your questioning. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Now, Captain Ellie, before we get into the details of your close encounter with the UAP we just saw in the video you provided, would you mind very much identifying the individual sitting right next to you? Of course, Congressman. I'm happy to. This is my personal attorney, Mr. Zylosus. I was informed by House rules that I am permitted to be accompanied by counsel. Mr. Zylexis, is it? Not a surname we hear down in the Mississippi Delta that too often. <laughs> Order! I mean it! Oh, Captain Ellie, you are certainly entitled to counsel. I simply wish to describe your attorney for the permanent red and record. The 10 or 15 people watching these proceedings on C-SPAN today have us at a disadvantage. Everyone else in the country might desire a transcript. Is this absolutely necessary, Congressman? I remind you, the captain is a decorated officer in the United States Navy, and she came here voluntarily. This is not a trial. It is only a hearing. Her attorney is not under subpoena. I understand that, Madam Chairman. I understand. I merely wish to describe Mr. Zylexis and not to question him. Without objection, Congressman. Proceed, but your allotted time is ticking. Thank you, Madam Chairman. So, for the record, Mr. Zylexis is approximately four feet tall, his body is entirely green and anorexically thin. Also, the individual is not wearing any clothing. Isn't public nakedness against the law? Madam Chairman, may I interrupt? Also, Mr. Zylexis's head is almost three times the size of a normal human head, and his black eyes are each the size of tennis balls. Would that be an accurate description of your attorney, Captain Ellie? Madam Chairman, may I be recognized? Congressman, I'm not sure why the outward appearance of my attorney is relevant to these proceedings. I came here to testify about my personal experience with UAPs. Objection, Madam Chairman. All right, all right, Congressman Maroon. You are recognized for 15 seconds. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Congressman Cephas, may I suggest that you leave your Southern bigotry at the door? The U.S. Congress does not discriminate by skin color, height, or other physical appearance factors. Oh, just calm down there, Maroon. Take another swig from your secret flask, you stupid Yankee. And settle down. Now, look... All I'm simply saying, all I'm simply saying, 
is that this individual looks like a thing out of a sci-fi movie. Am I right? You people in the audience, you tell me. Doesn't he look like an extra in the cantina scene of the first Star Wars movie? Order! Order! This is my last warning to the spectators. If you do not observe our protocols, I will have the Capitol Police clear this room. Congressman Cephas, Captain Ellie's attorney is not under subpoena today. Please restrain your comments accordingly. My sincere apologies, Madam Chairman. Captain Ellie, you do not have to, but should you wish to, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to Congressman Cephas. Thank you, Chairman. Just a moment. Captain Ellie leans over and consults with her attorney. Uh-huh. Got it. Thank you for your patience, Madam Chairman. My response to the congressman is that the ethnicity of my attorney is not relevant to these proceedings. However, I am happy to answer your questions related to my testimony that extraterrestrials are merely a myth and not in any way related to UAPs or UFOs. True crime. Sex. Political conspiracy. Celebrity gossip. Murder. UFOs. Crooked officials. The occult. Assassination. Courtroom drama. Rape. Corporate scams. Scandal sheets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scandal Sheet. My name is Thad Helsley, and today, on the occasion of a landmark congressional hearing, the first of its kind in over 50 years, we are returning to a topic that this pod first dissected last year. UFOs! 1978 television series Project UFO, courtesy CBS Television Distribution. Ezekiel saw the wheel. This is the wheel he said he saw. These are unidentified flying objects that people say they are seeing now. Are they proof that we are being visited by civilizations from other stars? Or just what are they? The United States Air Force began an investigation of this high strangeness in a search for the truth. What you are about to see is part of that 20-year search. I am joined by my Top Gun co-host, Ellie. Ellie, how are you? I'm good. I am currently soaking up summer, and unfortunately, we haven't had any rainy days, so I haven't even had a rainy day to go to the movie theater and like watch Top Gun, which is a serious Alaska problem. Um, I have to wait for a rainy day to go spend it in the movie theater. I can't, I can't justify spending a 70-degree day inside. Oh, I see. Okay. That's... That... Uh, that... That makes sense. So, Ellie, I think our audience has figured out by now with all the uh, stuff ahead of us that our subject today is UFOs. Although recently the federal government has changed the acronym to UAPs. But as a commercial airline pilot, you and your, your industry must have a point of view about what they're calling unified aerial phenomenon. What do you think? All right, I'm just going to go fringe here and get super excited about aliens because I'm the one who tries to always bring it up as a joke. Like, what do you think about aliens? And, you know, I think one of the things that happened in this last congressional hearing on UAPs, which is one of the reasons that we did this topic, is that really within like the military 
primarily within the military and then also within civilian flying, like they're trying to destigmatize the craziness of people who report UFO sightings or now UAP sightings. I used to say it as a joke, like, what do you think about aliens, you know? But now I kind of don't bring it up anymore. Help it be it's a It's got more a more serious, serious edge, yeah, in other words. They've, yeah. they've, they've managed to make it seem less sort of like a goofy, wacko thing. Right. It's more legitimized. Right. And, you know, I think, you know, some people have stories, none that I've heard, like, firsthand or anything. And let me tell you, every time we're flying and there's, like, a rocket launch going on or, like, controlled burn at night somewhere, I'm, like, looking. I'm like, this is it. This is it. You know, I get my first UFO sighting and I'm going to get to go on Joe Rogan and, you know, what am I going to title my book? You know, I immediately, my brain's like, this is so cool. (laughs) And then, uh, no, it's just, like, a rocket launch or whatever. So, it's always it always ends up being like way more boring than what I think it is. But I think this act of kind of destigmatizing a lot of this and encouraging pilots, both like civilian and military, to report it is going to be a huge step in the right direction just for for research into the field. Well, and then the other thing in turn in terms of researching for this episode, I just stumbled across the fact that your home state of Alaska, for whatever reason, does seem to be the epicenter or a epicenter for supposed UFO activities. There's actually a television series on Discovery called Aliens in Alaska, and their elevator pitch is this. It says, Alaska is a hotbed for UFO sightings, abductions, and extraterrestrial encounters. Why are these outworldly visitors drawn to America's last frontier? Shocking new evidence and personal testimony from local witnesses shed light on alien activity. So, is is that true, Ellen? I, are you the hotbed for... <laughs> I think, um, well, maybe maybe that description was written by people who, like, work in this cruise ship towns and they're just tired of people from LA, like pouring off the cruise ships. They're like, Oh my God, who are these people, you know, just like walking around visiting my state. But no, actually I was really surprised to learn what kind of series that was. And now it's definitely on my list. I will not be watching it until the winter because now that it's summer here, like nobody watches TV in summer. You have to wait till winter to watch TV, but I will definitely watch it this winter and let you know what I think. I'm I'm super excited to watch it. And I think it kind of goes back with a lot of people in like the desert Southwest report a lot of UFOs. They're just like not very populated areas. And, you know, when we kind of talked about that Bigfoot episode, you know, there's a lot of Bigfoot sightings in Alaska too. It's, just a not a very sparsely populated area. So if you see some weird things, then maybe maybe that that is where the aliens and Bigfoot and the Easter Bunny are all hanging out. <laughs> Especially the Easter Bunny. Yeah, and what we say in the the episode that we're going to play replay a little bit later, we do cover the fact that the co-host previous to you happens to live in New Mexico, very close to Los Alamos, where the atom bomb was invented, and another base where they test experimental stuff. So you're right about that. I mean, if I was going to test top secret stuff, I guess I would try to go to the most remote place I could think of. So uh, about these congressional hearings themselves, which was sort of the reason that we decided to do this episode was the fact that there was hearings last week, and it's the first time in, I think, over 50 years that Congress has ever convened an actual hearing with witnesses, with evidence, and other stuff. What did, what did you think? Did you fly through that a little bit? 
I mean, I watched it. Uh, well, I should say I listened to it. And then, you know, when they were playing videos, I would tune in and watch. Um, it was it was pretty interesting. I think overall the vibe was that, you know, we we need to like destigmatize this and we need reports from people who are in the air and seeing things to report things. It was comical at some points. Like there was like a solid five minutes of them trying to figure out how to work like a, the video and rewind it and play it and pause it at the right time. And I mean boomers what are you gonna do um but <laughs> <laughs> i was like this is like when my grandparents you know try to facetime or whatever it's like forget it i think it's it's really important to to destigmatize it so i think we're gonna start to see a lot more reports and it doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna be more sightings it just means that more people feel comfortable coming forward with their stories and so i i think it's really important i don't know much about military aviation i just mostly know the civilian side but i think on especially in both realms it's gonna that overall hearing that was the gist of it and i think it's good i i'm really excited about it well and from my perspective as, as an old person, so that, you know, at the very top of this, we played a little clip from this documentary in 1972 or something like that. Okay, that was filled with people like guys in trailer parks are the ones giving the testimony. You know, it's just like, yeah, I saw this, you know, it's, and then that was sort of the level of it. So it's a lot different when a test pilot you know, a fighter pilot is the guy and they're not just giving testimony. They actually have video. Yeah. You know, and then there's a lot of other empirical evidence like on radar. They're going, hey, man, that thing's going 13,000 miles an hour. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's violating the laws of physics and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, that gives it more credibility. Now, I get that they still don't want to admit that there's any such thing as an extraterrestrial. They'd rather think that it's something that China invented or Russia or India or God knows who. It could even be our guys, right? Because if I had, was doing something top secret, I wouldn't tell anybody else in the government that yeah. I was, you know, I mean, they didn't tell anybody about the atom bomb until they actually dropped it. You know, it was, it was really it was pretty top secret. So I think it's pretty hard for people to keep secrets like that, though. You're right, like with the... Well, today the it is. A-box. Today it is. Yeah, like you got Twitter. I mean, because you just... Uh, cell phones can just can just press the voice memo button quietly and and slip it into your pocket and record the whole conversation and nobody know, knows any better, right? Right, right. So, I yeah, I don't know. I, I like to... Like I said, same as Bigfoot. You know, I'm like, cool. If aliens are out there and they're just buzzing around in their little Tic Tacs, like, cool. I want to learn about it. If it's not, if it's China or whatever, then yeah, we should definitely learn about it. <laughs> Go on to all the alien chasers. Like, I want to hear all about it. Maybe it's Bigfoot who's actually flying the the Tic Tacs. Wow. Now that would be good. Bigfoot is flying the thing that goes 13,000 miles an hour. Like- yeah. <laughs> maybe that's how it goes. Or maybe, maybe it's the Tooth Fairy. I don't know. So last summer, we did an episode on UFOs. It was only our third episode, so probably very few people had the opportunity to listen to it. So we're going to replay it for you here because all the information presented is still very fresh. What triggered that episode was a much-anticipated report from the National Intelligence Agency, finally admitting there were legitimate cases of unidentified aerial phenomena. And that got the ball rolling that eventually led to last week's hearing. So, without further ado, here is the Scandal Sheet episode, 
UFOs, Unrelenting Freaking Obstruction. It is October 2024. The first manned space mission to Mars is preparing to land on the planet's surface. But the United States space capsule is commanded by Major Cassia and her lieutenant, Bernice. You're looking good on your approach, Mars One. Roger that, Houston. Bernice, can you look at that starboard thruster? It might have an issue. I am on it, Major Cassia. Thanks, Bernice. We're going in, Houston. Uh, Mars One, the uh, president would like a brief word with you on international media when you get a moment. <sighs> Can you hold her off until I land this bitch on the planet? I'm a little busy here. Uh, roger that, but uh, just want to add that we are live broadcast around the Earth. Probably five billion people listening. Roger that, Houston. I guess I should have put on some makeup. We're coming in for landing, Houston. It's looking good. Kasia, my sensors are picking up two living humanoids on the planet's surface. Humanoids on Mars? That's impossible. I know, but my sensors and cameras can't be disputed. What's going on up there, Mars One? Apparent bogey, Houston. No worries, though. We're still descending. What's going on down there, Benice? I read two men. One waving an American flag and one with a British flag. Oh my god. You don't mean... Mars One, Mars One, we've got eyes on your bogey. Tell me it's not true, Bernice. I'm afraid it is. Mars One, we've identified your bogeys on your cameras from here as Jeff Bezos from Amazon and Richard Branson from Virgin Enterprises. Can you confirm? I hate those effing guys. Confirm, Houston. Mars One, you are now advised to... This is Leonardo from Manhattan. Director of NASA, I'm giving you direct orders to launch your missiles at those two D-bags. What is he talking about? Sir, this is Commander Major Cassia. This is a scientific mission. We have no missiles on board. What? No missiles? Give me the red phone. I want the president. Stat! Uh, <laughs> continue your descent, Mars One. We're also picking up a structure next to Bezos and Branson. Can you ID it for us? Bernice, do you see it? Yes, it appears to be a Starbucks franchise. What the F? Uh, Mars One, the folks here in the control room twisted my arm to ask. When you get on the service, can you grab a hundred or so pumpkin spice frappuccinos for us? <laughs> True crime. Sex. Political conspiracy. Celebrity gossip. Murder. UFOs. Crooked officials. The occult. Assassination. Courtroom drama. Rape. Corporate scams. Scandal sheets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scandal Sheet, your source for exhaustive investigations into anything socially deviant, scientifically unexplainable, horrifically sinister, and, if we get lucky, criminal. My name is Thad Housley, and I am joined by my amazing co-host and the curator of the International UFO Museum in Roswell, New Mexico, Cassia. Hello. Good to be here. Good work covering up the truth about extraterrestrials for 75 years, Cassia. Yeah, I didn't know how to tell you this, but I was recently forced out at the UFO Museum uh, owing to a sexual harassment scandal. Uh, by you or upon you? Upon me. 
ah, was it a UFO? <laughs> or just a regular a person? Um, <laughs> my parting contract does not leave me at liberty to discuss the details. Oh, I, oh, okay. Well, I thought maybe it was like a, uh, a men in black thing. Remember the whole thing? What's up with anal probing, man? <laughs> so, and we are joined by the head UFO consultant to the Senate Intelligence Committee that demanded the recent report. Bernice. Committee CO chairs Mark Warner and Marco Rubio are fun at late night bar sessions, but are mostly clueless on this topic. So, listeners... On the occasion of a recent major report from our very own Pentagon, your favorite Sherlock Holmes-style sleuths are reassessing the existence of UFOs! Excerpt from the Mercury Theater on the air's radio broadcast of the War of the Worlds on October 30th, 1938. Flag of truce. Those creatures know what that means, what anything means. Wait a minute, something's happening. A humped shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. What's that? There's a jet of flame springing from the mirror and it leaps right at the advancing men. It strikes them head on. Lord, they're turning into flames. Ah! The whole field caught up by the woods. The bars, the, the gas tank, tanks of the automobiles spreading everywhere. It's coming this way now, about 20 yards to my right. Ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast from Grover's Mill. Evidently, there's some difficulty with our field transmission. However... From Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 1977, courtesy Sony Pictures Entertainment. Get on the heart of the 45th recon wave. See what the hell they could be testing up there. This is the Indianapolis Center. Do you have any test operations restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is... Quite luminous and is exhibiting some non ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31, continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. Center pilot's discretion is approved. The traffic is approaching head on, ultra right, and really moving. And right by us, right now. Now, that was really close. Aries 31 is out of 340 on the traffic path. Ask them if they want to report officially. DWA 517, do you want to report a UFO, over? Negative. We don't want to report. From the Day the Earth Stood Still, 1951, courtesy 20th Century Fox, a Walt Disney Company. Your choice is simple. Join us and live in peace, or pursue your present course and face obliteration. We shall be waiting for your answer. From the original Star Trek TV series, 1967, courtesy Viacom CBS. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Crazy, contradictory cultural stuff, huh, Casio? Um, okay, the, the clips that you're playing speak to the idea that the alien stuff, which is different than the UFO stuff, because aliens coming to planet Earth doesn't necessarily have to be in a weird saucer floating around in the sky. That we Absolutely. Don't know what it is. Absolutely. And, and obviously we will cover that. But, but the way we conceive of it, the way we as homo sapiens, specifically in the United States of America... See things in this goofy way. And yeah, no, I, it is very. Why? 
what there's a lot of reasons for it i actually read a book once by carl jung that tried to investigate like the psychoanalysis the underpinnings of the ufo myth wait a minute you mean jung the famous uh uh, freudian psychiatrist okay wow Okay. He wrote a whole book about, I think it's called Flying Saucers, about UFOs specifically and like analyze, because he did a lot of dream analysis. He analyzed he did. people's UFO sightings in the same way that he'd analyzed dreams. Oh, wow. Well, we're going to have to look that book up and, and uh, put it in the liner notes of this episode. There you go. But yeah, I mean, his idea that it's basically some kind of psychological projection and that would explain why it's extremely nar- like our view of these aliens, whether or not they come in a, in a UFO or not, is extremely narcissistic because it's always they're going to save us or they're going to murder us all. It's never like they're just here to visit. They're just on vacation. They're just peeking around. It's always like our security is at risk or they're going to teach us how to all be kind and love each other. Right. Right. Or solve our energy problems or whatever. <laughs> well, does Jung um, provide an explanation why that is? Um, I don't. You mean why we are all, de- why we as a society have developed this myth? Uh, yeah. Just what you said. The, the duality, uh, the bipolar disorder of our perception, <laughs> whether you know, either they're going to kill us or they're going to take care of us like mama. Um, yeah, so it's it's just like a modern version of something humans have always done. He compares it to like various mass visions that have occurred and been recorded throughout history, like the Crusaders going to Jerusalem and thinking they're seeing stuff. And it respond like if people develop a myth, and the myth is shared by many people all across the globe and it's enduring, then it's there because it it's not there by accident. It's responding to some kind of psychic need that people have unfulfilled in their lives. <laughs> so people feel, I think, helpless and terrified. And so <laughs> that's why they need either a savior or a murderer uh, emerging from the abyss to come to planet Earth. So there you go, folks. When you've got a <laughs> uh, St. Andrews graduate as your co-host, you're going to get that kind of commentary. <laughs> sorry, just sorry. just so you know, this isn't this isn't exactly Abbott Costello I, hour. <laughs> I was gonna wait. To get into this till we were further in the episode. But well, maybe you, you may have to right restate to it. it. I know. Maybe we'll have to restate <laughs> it. Because I'm still like at the top of the rundown. It's just like, okay. Hi, I'm everybody. <laughs> but you asked, you said it's crazy contradictory. I did. I did. I did. I did. Well, you know, this is why there's a thing called editing, as you and I know. Okay. Well, let me just like go down this road and we'll figure out how to put it together later. As always with <laughs> Scandal Sheet, we take nothing for granted with our multi-generational audience. Bernice, can you give us a quick update on what a UFO is and what is its relationship, if any, to so-called extraterrestrials? Certainly. 
A UFO is an acronym for Unidentified Flying Object. It is any perceived aerial phenomenon that cannot immediately be identified or explained. Most UFOs are eventually identified as conventional objects or known phenomena. The acronym was coined during a 17-year investigation conducted by the United States Air Force, called Project Blue Book. Though no documentary evidence has ever been found to validate this belief, the term UFO is often associated with extraterrestrials, intelligent life that originates beyond planet Earth. But Bernice, the government isn't even calling these phenomena UFOs anymore, are they? No. They are now being called by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, UAPs. So they're like you were saying, they're just aerial. They don't even, you know, give you a chance to be in the water or the ground or anywhere else. <laughs> You've got to be in the air. You've got to be in the skies. <laughs> got to be in the fucking air, man, going 10,000 miles an hour. So, Cassia, our self-appointed job in this podcast, I hope, is to either persuade the vast majority of English-speaking people off the ledge of whatever bullshit myth or outright lie they cherish, but also then to put them back on that very same ledge for something legitimate they are uninformed about. Do you agree? (laughs) (laughs) What are you trying to put them on the ledge for? Uh, The ledge is um, uh, uh, put them off the ledge because of the myth that you were just talking about, the bullshit myth, the outright Right, but what's the new ledge that you're putting them on? The new ledge is the reality that they have yet to be informed about, which is even more terrifying. Well, that's what we're going to discuss in this case. I would say that I agree. However, my ambitions are higher, and I would like this podcast to be dubbed into many languages ah. so i would like to persuade the vast majority of the population of planet earth you you're just limiting yourself to homo sapiens what about the giraffes so <laughs> we'll, we'll get there next we'll get there next okay okay so going back to our take nothing for granted prime directive casio for our listeners that may have been asking themselves uh, uh, this question as they're listening. What is an extraterrestrial? Is it little green men? I mean, what what's the theory? What's the theory? Doesn't that just mean life not on Earth? Well, that's what I'm asking you. I thought maybe you could tell us. Uh, that's what I take it to mean. However, the word, I mean, when people say extraterrestrial, yeah, they have a vision in their mind that's like, a relatively human-ish looking creature. Like it's got a face like we have. It's got eyes of some kind. It's like familiar enough to be scary, but unfamiliar enough to be scary. They don't think of it like some little amoeba like floating around in goop. Although that would be probably the most likely outcome, right? To go to Mars and find an amoeba. Probably. As opposed to... That, uh, yes. But there also could be, like, you know, farther, farther away universes beyond our... I'm not... Like, not on Mars. I mean, like, way beyond our conception. Right. But whether labeled a UFO or a UAP, Kasia, an object in the sky that is temporarily unknown by military authorities is 
just that. A no. Historically, it often turns out to be a weather balloon, a shooting star, or some other arcane meteorological phenomenon. Early Homo sapiens, thousands of years ago, thought the sun and the moon were some kind of gods. And that may have worked for them at that particular time, but now we know different about those particular phenomena. Word. Uh, So let's step back for a moment, Bernice, and open up the encyclopedia for a moment. Is any kind of extraterrestrial or alien life even possible outside of the planet we are in the process of destroying? Mr. Halkley, you are exceeding the number of questions you can ask me in a given episode by our contract. Give us a break, Bernice. We're trying to do a podcast here. You are well compensated for your efforts. A cliff bar and a kale smoothie do not constitute compensation in my view. Bernice, I'm on your side, by the way. Thank you. Okay, okay. We'll talk to your agent about renegotiating your contract. But can we just get through this? Fine then. Your question was about the probability of non-Earth life in the universe? Yes, it was. Due to man's limitations in seeing or traveling beyond our solar system, making any kind of estimate is highly conjectural. However, due to the vast number of observable stars in the Milky Way universe, attempts have been made. One such attempt is called the Drake Equation. Even when infinitesimal probability assumptions are applied, the 1961 equation concludes that between 1,000 and 100 million planets with civilizations are in the Milky Way galaxy. Cassie, what do you think? It's almost a dice throw, right? Um, I don't know about the, besides knowing that the Drake equation exists and what it is, I don't, I haven't really investigated the mathematical implications just from my personal intuition which is the place that i prefer to live my life from and not a calculator (laughs) um um, i yeah i think it it stands to reason that it is it is likely that there is life beyond us if we exist something else reasonably like us probably exists but it not it might be like us in a way that we are not capable of conceiving of but okay that all all that being said uh getting back to sort of this this uh, track that we're kind of pursuing in terms of the 20th 21st century myth um is it not true that this current ufo hysteria can be tracked back to Uh, something called the Roswell Incident. And this is something uh, uh, that occurred in a place that only is about 200 miles from where you sit in New Mexico, correct? I don't know. Yeah, it's in the state. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, uh, Cassia, before we drill down into the veracity of recent events, I wanted to get your take on this bizarre cultural phenomenon the cult of UFOs or UAPs or whatever that has fascinated the United States for over 70 years. In your elevated college grad analysis, is it a Cold War paranoia thing, a fear of technology thing, or a modern biblical God just in a new suit of clothes, just fucking with us? I mean, how do we get from observing something just unidentified to immediately assuming that it's a bunch of aliens from another planet with superior technology. How do we do that? Um, okay, well, first I would say, is 
is what is happening currently hysteria? I mean, it seems like a government agency released like a nine page, pretty lame document with very little new information and some people tweeted about it. I know, I but when like, you've got, when you've it got hasn't Mar- been hysterical. When you've got Marco Rubio <laughs> on the Today Show, you know, or on Good I Morning mean, America Mar- talking about Marco UFOs. Marco Rubio live at the Today Show? Like, he doesn't have a home. <laughs> like, he just, like, he's just there. He's like, put me on camera. It's just, yeah. oh, my God, I just want to be on The View with Oprah. Or not Oprah, uh, Whoopi. <laughs> Oh, dear, dear, dear. Well, I think it's all a red herring, and Marco Rubio is the actual alien. Oh, wow. He's he's the guy that, he's like Grok in... That's Dave my Hester. hysteria. <laughs> he's throwing us off the scent. So, for the benefit of our, of our listeners, Kasia, I want to disclose that you, even at your tender age in your mid-20s, have spent a significant amount of time in numerous continents... Uh, in numerous countries in four continents outside the U.S., often not as a random tourist. So you have a global perspective only a tiny percentage of people have, particularly at your age. And since the U.S. is only one of 193 countries in the United Nations, are people in Lebanon, Argentina, China, wherever places you've been, sitting around worrying about UFOs like we are? I have never talked about UFOs with anyone in the U.S. or in any other country. <laughs> well, at least I it's on no TV idea. here. I mean, people are talking about it on TV, on the radio, online. In the news. Or they were for like five minutes. This just gets to a lot of like, why, why are UFOs being rebranded now? That like, that's the conversation that is is pressing to me well that is because just... it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like people this is not a grassroots thing this was precipitated by the u.s government it wasn't precipitated by the lebanese government or the chinese government right right and that's kind of what i was getting at it's just like how come all the ufo sightings are in one country out of a whole freaking planet or is everybody else sort of in on it and nobody just like sent us an email telling us what was going on? Oh, well, there's so many reasons. I mean, I could like have my rational ones and then I could have my like personal crackpot ones. Okay. But here's the thing. You're, I mean, you, you live like down the street from Hiroshima. You know, you live, <laughs> you, you live near ground zero, right? You live near Roswell... Uh, uh, New Mexico. You live in Albuquerque. So <laughs> That's the this, same this, thing this, as Hiroshima. <laughs> <laughs> well, ground zero, whatever you want to call it. But it was just like, and they've I made... Live, I live in relative proximity to the UFO Mecca. Exactly. The UFO Mecca. That, that was a better way to put it. That's a better way to put it. And people perform their pilgrimages on an... <laughs> on an I mean, that has become... That city has become... Uh, a tourist destination, right? They're up there with Disneyland, right? People go they in there. They're not up there with Disneyland. Uh, they are totally Nothing up there. Nothing in New Mexico. Oh, my God. Nothing no. in New Mexico. It's like, okay, let's say, hey, honey, where are we going on our honeymoon? I don't know. Maybe we should go to Paris. Maybe we should go to Rome. No, we're going to <laughs> Roswell, man. Roswell, baby. <laughs> 
Yeah, literally. <laughs> what are you going to do now that you won the Super Bowl? I'm going to <laughs> Roswell. Roswell! Okay, yeah. have you ever been there? Have you in all seriousness? I I have not been to Roswell. I want to go, but it's like kind of pandemic. Eh. I'd be curious. I'm not like it's not high on my list. I'm not a big UFO person. It feels sort of dated and retro to okay. me. Okay. So people aren't walking around like on the street with like a Roswell shirt or a green Um look, head. if you if you go to like a gift shop or like in the airport here, they yeah. have a bunch of little alien junk and Roswell UFO mm-hmm. keychain, uh, coffee mug, dish towel, whatever. It's a big, uh, yeah, touristy. There's lots of tchotchkes and things. I don't know that that's necessarily reflective of like a genuine. I mean, everywhere is going to hawk crap for whatever they have. Doesn't mean people are buying, you know. Okay, so you're just sort of kind of taking this whole thing for granted. You're not, you don't really have a dog in this hunt, like one way or the other. In terms of the 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 truth of Roswell, the truth of Roswell. I don't even know what the Roswell incident is, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? I don't know the details. It's so awesome to have an AI engine as is is our co-host, Bernice. Can you tell us about? The perceived importance of Roswell, New Mexico in the the indisputable canon of UFO liturgy. My pleasure. Roswell is a small city in rural New Mexico. At the time of the incident in question, it had just under 26,000 inhabitants. It came to international notoriety when some kind of manufactured aerial object or craft crashed on a ranch, 75 miles away during a violent electrical storm on July 2, 1947. The source of the controversy was the nature of the object that crashed. As the official government explanation changed on at least three different occasions and the fact that all the crash debris was collected by military authorities and has never been shown to the public, gave rise to widely held alien spacecraft theories, as well as a government cover-up conspiracy, that continue to this day. Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of Air Force stuff here. So there's always weird types of planes flying around. Right, Um, and and New Mexico was... And there's a lot of desert... Right, was a test site, right? White Sands is where they exploded the first bomb. They were testing all kinds of Trinity test. So they're always testing random creepy shit out here. Correct. So, So yeah, there was a crash. There was a crash. Of an Air Force balloon. Right. And people lost their fucking minds. Basically, yes. So, uh, all in in that. Or maybe they did it. Or maybe they just wrote some articles and then we cooked it up. The media cooked it up into something more than what it was we're not going to spend the whole thing about roswell they just you know we'll but but yeah people did and then you you combine that you in into that soup you pour sputnik the russians the cold war the space race right so all of a sudden you know something that might have gone unnoticed you know some kind of a test air vehicle crashes and maybe a guy dies and maybe he's disfigured from the fire and uh, looks like an alien uh again i saw that movie and (laughs) whatever so well like you were saying talking about cold war type of fears i mean that marks the point 
when civilization had progressed to where you're no longer fearing like the bandits coming over the hill you're fearing these more larger existential issues like you know atom bomb culture like we're all just gonna be destroyed the whole planet you know most humans have not like the majority of human history has been just like fearing how am I going to live through the winter? How am I going to survive childbirth? You know, much more basic things. That's what we're like psychologically prepped to handle. We're not prepped to handle like what's going on in a parallel universe. Right. So it's nothing new. Fear, fear of the unknown. Um, it just it just changes form depending on what's happening in society. So I think that the reason that UFOs are coming up now, and again, it's very important to remember that they're not, they did not come up naturally as a result of some kind of crash or on the ground resurgence of interest in visions of disks flying through the skies. This was officially sanctioned and prepped and planned and released. And Barack Obama's going on a late night show and talking about it. And Harry Reid's writing an op-ed and talking about it. They brought out all the heavy hitters in the political (laughs) world to push this on us at the time of COVID. And Hmm. like all of this and all of this um, huge raft of conspiracy theories that have engulfed every faction of American politics, whether it's like QAnon or Russiagate or anti-vaxxing. This is like, hey, we have a conspiracy theory too. And if people want to talk about this one, that would be a lot better for us than if they were talking about that other stuff that's more material to things people are actually struggling with right now. Well, no, that's very that's a very interesting theory. So, I mean, uh, and you're right. It's it's sort of like a harmless one. You know, it's like, hey, exactly. we, don't ha- we don't have harmless. to take over the Capitol, do we? we and can it's, just not, it's not it's sit not in our like, living room. It's the same. Yeah. Or the Jeffrey Epstein thing, which actually <laughs> speaks to like the power of finance and informal kinds of power, unelected power. This is just like total pie in the sky nonsense. <laughs> right, 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 right. They don't, there's nothing to, they can only, it's just a distraction. Okay, so we're going to have to get into what, what actually prompted this. But one other thing that I didn't quite cover, basically, again, like going back to the fact that New Mexico, the state, the... <laughs> The United States has this place called New Mexico where for some reason everything creepy and spooky and technological and end of the world ish takes place. So um, in addition to Roswell, just a few miles down the road from where you're sitting, the uh, the ultimate doomsday machine was invented at the time called the atomic bomb okay so now we call it you may have heard of it you may have heard of it especially if you lived in hiroshima or nagasaki Uh, (laughs) at least for 10 seconds but anyways it was nobody knew like 
if if you were living in the early forties and and some guy even whispered about, hey man, they're 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 building a bomb down the street that's gonna like blow up a whole city, you'd be like, Oh, what whoa, man. You would think that was science fiction, right? That would would be science fiction. And the only thing that would make it not be just a story. Now, in, in this case, like you were just saying, the uh, uh, this whole thing is sort of a canard. It's just, oh, my God, there's stuff in the sky, you know, as opposed to, oh, my God, we just killed 100,000 people in five seconds, you know. So but when you heard about it, everybody was like, oh, my God. And then, of course, everybody else figured out how to do it. And then we had the Cold War and, and fear of being dead for decades and decades and decades. Now, somehow, <laughs> because everybody's got it, nobody seems to care about it because it's like, well, gee, we're not going to use it because then we would all be dead. But I mean, just grown accustomed to the dread. But I, there's still a lot of people in like the U.S. military that are like hired to care a lot and they do care a lot. Well, we're we're really all caught up on whether, you know, it's like it's one thing for China and Russia to have all these missiles. But what if Iran and North Korea gets exactly. a hold of them? They might be suicidal. The Iran, I mean, yeah, no, the North Korea. I mean, there's just whole, there are swath, there are entire blocks of Washington, D.C. filled with apartment buildings, filled with people who are paying their rent <laughs> off of money that they get for writing like Brookings Institute papers about how North Korea is going to blow us up any minute. Sounds like you might be one of those people. I'm not one of those people. I could have been. I know a lot of those people. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to a wedding for one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to be going to the uh, uh, alcoholic playground. I throw, yeah, I've thrown down (laughs) some glasses of champagne with those people. Not going to lie, but not one myself. It's like, oh, sorry, going to have to cut this honeymoon short. I got to go write my paper on North Korea blowing up, you know, Europe. So, all right. So let's get into the, after all of this, let's get into the meat of this episode. Here is what we know about today, about the current state of UFOs and or, and or UFAs. the fact that they even i mean they literally they invented a new word for it so they're like yeah we've decided we're gonna call it a uap now so in typical washington fashion they came up with another cucked little initialism 
right. when UFO was perfectly fine. So again, it's just like, why are you rebranding UFOs? What is well, the yeah, that is that is a very why, good question. Why, why? why do we have a taxpayer-funded, rebranded conspiracy theory being pushed out at us by the DNI? What the fuck is going on? Like, I'm not worried about shit flying through the sky. I'm worried about why the Senate is fucking talking about this. Well, are, and the what's... Pe- are Michael Rubio's constituents beating down his door demanding answers about the Roswell incident? I don't think so. I think they're like, can I have food to feed my kids? <laughs> when can I like? When can I leave my house without a gas mask? Well, and that's true. And you don't really think of the Pentagon as your, you know, the it's, usual it's rebrander. The it, it's the DNI. it's who it's the Senate. Oh yeah, defense, uh, defense director who, D- of national intelligence. So the DNI right, okay. is not even like the DNI is this thing they invented. Like it's a Bush era thing that they invented to be like sorry. We fucked up September 11th. We're going to create a new job. And this guy is supposed to liaison between. That's why we have it. Right. And we know people who work. So it's a war work. on terror. Right. It's a war on terror era invention that Joe Biden made a cabinet level position now. Which is <laughs> creepy and weird in and of itself. I just found that out recently. I was like, why? It's a well, very... Because- we have got to fight these UAPs. We no, have UFAs. To fight them. <laughs> this this is a cabinet level issue, guys. Unidentified aerial phenomena, a, a massive right. deflating balloon. This <laughs> we must combat. Oh, it's so stupid. But then, but what is okay? So you br- you bring up a very good point. What is the reason? To do the rebranding. Other than, I mean, you said earlier, okay, everybody sat down and said, what are we going to do as a distraction away from all of these, the anti-vaxxers and the John Brown insurrectionists and and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Let's come up with something that's going to get everybody's minds off all this other stuff. But is that the? But you don't necessarily have to do a rebranding to do that. Why? Why didn't we just keep saying UFOs? Why do we have to all of a sudden have UAPs? Um, because they want it to be like a. They want it to have the air of formality and like scientific analysis. Because the the whole point, like my my what I believe is that the reason this was being pushed in this moment, this is like again. When did this? When was this released? June. Okay, so not uh, late, even... Yeah, almost yeah, uh, last week of June. So six months into a new administration during like an unprecedented pandemic and economic crisis that came as a result. They're, and they're pushing an authorized conspiracy theory. Correct. Why are they doing that? To distract us, <laughs> to try to keep us from talking about the unauthorized conspiracy theories. Now, I don't necessarily, I'm not a, a conspiratorial, I'm not a member of any of these factions. I'm not on board with the <laughs> I, I would never be a member of a club that would have me as a member. Exactly. Like, I, I'm interested in them as like, yeah, in the Carl Jung way of like, yeah, these are like psychic phenomena that tell us something about like what's going on in the American mind. 
Okay, children out there, remember, you gotta Google <laughs> Carl Jung, you'll be like, Carl Jung, wow. You got it, yeah. This is really this is informative. Actually, this is a Carl Jung podcast. Now. <laughs> We're going to rebrand it. We're going to rebrand it. Oh my God, there's a police song that mentions Carl Jung. How many pop songs have Carl Jung in their lyrics? Probably a lot, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Let's get back to the actual videos, which we played the... Let's talk um, about the videos. The videos, okay. <clears throat> the videos so, suck. That's another thing. They really need to improve the quality <laughs> of these videos. I mean, come on. We have like 4K everywhere, and yet UFO videos are just as shitty as they were <laughs> 70 years ago. We need to get DreamWorks in on this. Come on, guys. <laughs> come on. I want Lucasfilm working on this. Does no one have a Carl Zeiss lens <laughs> lying around when one of these things flies overhead? This is bullshit. But but these videos, okay, like you're saying, were captured by naval aviators, uh, so-called even, like Top Gun type people, Top Gun people, right? The people that in these billion-dollar aircraft, Tom Cruise guys, but. Some of them are women, right? I mean, now they, they get to fly too these days. Well, and what was weird about the videos to me is how these guys are cackling like a bunch of schoolboys. They're like, oh my God, look at that thing go! Like, <laughs> almost, it was like, it seemed almost scripted. It seemed like a parody video of that, um, the Chelsea Manning video, the like collateral damage one. Well, it is. I mean, it really is. I mean, because we, you know, we share, like, everybody saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind in the late 70s, you know, when everybody. they were kids. Well, it was not like a big movie at the time. And so when you're actually experiencing it, you're you're almost like in some kind of bizarre, ironic thing. It was like, wait a minute. There, no, I, look, I'm a professional aviator and... And all these guys back on the aircraft carrier are telling me this thing is going like, you know, 5,000 miles an hour. And then it stops, rotates, basically define the laws of fit. So you're like, okay, oh, wow. Is this a UFO? It, is, this, is this it? Is it actually happening well, to me right now? Yeah, if, if you don't know what it is, if you don't know what right. it is, then it's right. a UFO. Right, right. And, that's, and all that means, like you said before, is unidentified. Doesn't mean... Of course, an alien doesn't mean anything. It just means, hey, what's that, man? That's why. That's why it's this perfect catch-all of nothingness because it's always a UFO. If we don't know what it is, then it's a UFO. So those videos, what sort of uh, maybe it was sort of a, a smoke-filled star chamber of people saying, "What are we going to do to come up and distract <laughs> America?" But but uh, it was actually, always there was, that way. There was, Aren't there, was there a, stories? Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay, Aren't there on. stories of like CIA guys going around to like ranches in New Mexico and being like, "Hey, remember that like uh, thing you saw in the sky? I think you should keep talking about that." Well, there was this thing called the um, Operation Blue Book, which was an Word. official Word, yes. investigation, and they actually did like do thousands and thousands of hours of interviews with people about stuff they saw and blah, blah, blah. And they really, they basically obviously came up with nothing. It was just there to, it's like anytime anybody is worried about, we're going to have a, we're going to have a government investigation. We're going to have a blue ribbon panel that's going to look into this. So everybody calm down. So that's the way we do it around Which here, Which by folks. its very nature legitimizes 
it as a concern. It legitimizes it, but it also um, uh, dissolves it, right? Because by the fact that it's, you know, somebody is, okay, well, somebody's looking into this. You know, we can, now I can, now I don't have to worry about it. Now I can go to sleep at night. So just like when these things leaked out. <laughs> I've lost nights and nights of sleep <laughs> over this. Well, when these things, these videos originally leaked out, it was a particular aviator, blah, blah, blah guy. And I think it was, you know, and then he became like Harry Reid when he was head of the Senate, started a committee called something, something. I'd have to look it up. But anyways, I know. the Reed, guy that oh started this whole thing. They got to Harry Reid, too. Harry Reid is part of the Marco Rubio strain of alien. <laughs> He's like, but that's, what the hell? But, that, but these, if, these videos, and whether they were deliberately leaked or, or, or whatever, they di- really did. They got friend of the pod, conservative Republican, <laughs> Marco Rubio. Come oh, on, yes. Marco. Little Marco. Come on. Come on. You the boy in the a, bubble. You can get in. The, you can get in that chair, Marco. I've got a, a nice big phone book you can sit on. Water um, boy, Marco Rubio. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't. Do you have any thoughts why he in particular is? I mean, other than the fact that he is the, what do you call it? When you're the minority party, Mark Warner is the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, so he's the co-chair. Of course, whatever he is. That's called. Yes, Virginia King. Yeah, Virginia, come on. Yeah, we're head of Senate. You know, and there, talk about talk Spook about capital a, of the world, an, an oxymoron, you know, <laughs> Senate intelligence. It's sort of like jumbo shrimp. I know. Um, <laughs> um, why are why are they doing it? Well, why is Rubio doing it? Is is he not the minority chair or whatever? He is. He is. So yeah, he has to. It's his job. I know, but he's, he's uh, the... even though Mark Warner is the chair, um, you don't see him on the Today Show talking about UFOs. You see Marco like all over the place. He's just like, this. This is his. Uh, this is his. He's rehabilitating himself after being humiliated by Trump. I guess. Well, I think Mark Mark uh, Warner is like. Well, I'm just like so rich and like I'm gonna be here doing this job my whole life like i don't have to fucking talk to people i feel like marco rubio still has political ambitions <laughs> at a higher level that mark warner doesn't have also i haven't been watching well they're the media, both gonna so run I, for president after trump dies right you think mark warner is gonna run for president that's it's often said yeah it's often said i don't know that like a white uh another like the democrats are gonna get behind another like white well, guy Okay, there's a difference between running and getting the job, right? So No, for if, sure. For so sure. I know saying, that Mark Warner Mark Warner has been people have been saying he's gonna run for president like since I was a child. I remember right. visiting his Senate office because some family friend, whatever, knew him. Because that is the that's the path. You're a governor, then you're a senator, then you run for president. That's and, the or, path, baby. Or or as Mitch McConnell has you know it's amazing uh, Mitch, I'm no big fan of Mitch McConnell but sometimes his candor in front of the cameras is remarkable and he says yeah, I he does, come he to no work fear. every every more yeah exactly he goes I come to work every morning with 99 people who are running for president <laughs> you know On he's, it, he's I a, respect Mitch McConnell because that man has nerves of steel yeah and he's just unrelenting 
and I I wish I was more like him in certain ways. Honestly, I admire him. Mitch, Stalin, Mitch, Hitler, friend of the pod, Mao. Mitch <laughs> we need to get them all. Like we need to get like a speakers panel. <laughs> Famous dictators, come on, guys, let's tell us what is going on. That's um, my like ideal dinner party when they're like, you can invite five guests. I'm like, yep, Mitch. Stalin, Pol Pot, like bring it on, baby. <laughs> and some are going to want, you know, s- like a, a filet mignon or a porterhouse steak. And of course, Hitler's going to be there and he's going to be a vegetarian, right? And he's, you know, he's like, I never drink, I never smoke, I don't eat meat. So, so- I didn't mention Hitler. I don't know. He's he's small numbers for me. I'm I'm looking for those big Stalin figures. Well, that's true. That's true. We give him a lot of credit and really he... he- he was uh, he was kind of a rookie. Didn't hang yeah. around long enough to really. He's more know, he JV. JV. <laughs> he is. He is. He sort of. He never. You okay, know. Why are we talking? About- <laughs> we need to stop. Go on. Okay. We, we're stopping now. Let's go back to this Pentagon report. So everybody. DNI. DNI though. Um, it's okay, not Pentagon. DNI. Sorry. Sorry. Ouch, babe. Um. So it finally comes out after a lot of, you know, people go, ooh, what's going to be in the report? It turns out it's not even nine full pages long. And this is like the unredacted version. So there's it's another a, version. Yeah, this is the, um, yeah, because I'm sure there's really highly classified important stuff that they're with. Well, we don't know. I mean, you're just like, hey, how no, could <clears throat> something that took, joke. took 18 months to prepare be only, I mean, like if you in college, like if you did a book report. Uh, that Dude, you had all year to this, do. This report is like what I would be writing at 8 in the morning before it was due at 9 a.m. This is what this report is. That's how much effort was put into this. This is the laziest PSYOP I have ever seen. PSYOP? Psychological operation. Ah, right. I agree with you. But it, it sort of kind of puts this whole thing, uh, it gives us three options, you know, what would uh, it does sort of acknowledge based on this physical evidence that there are unidentified things. It doesn't say what they are. It just says, OK, there were we came up with a, the 142 things we can't explain. There were some things they could explain. 142 things they couldn't explain at all. And they gave us three options. And and one was the United States is experimenting with new top secret technology. Right. Yeah, obviously or, or, they are. Or, or That's why two. so many of these are in New Mexico, right. where there's a bunch of test facilities and the Air right. Force bases. And or it's like in that. the middle of the Pacific Ocean or whatever, yeah. Of uh, number two is, <laughs> surprise, surprise, uh, experimentation with new top secret technology by forward-leaning nation states Foreign, that we yeah, don't like. Russia, China, and India. The, that was the funniest one where it just said um, foreign adversary systems deployed by China, Russia, another nation, or a non-governmental entity. And it, it, it just name checks like to geopolitical rivals as if like obviously it could be Germany. It could be the UK. It could be, I mean, those countries do intelligence research as much as anybody. But it's right. funny how they, they're like, well, look, this is really just to like 
cut down the number of tweets about anti-vaxxing because if you're a Q, if you're a proud boy, you might take a five second break from like, I don't know, reloading your muzzle loader to, <laughs> <laughs> to tweet about UFOs. And then they're like, well, let's just throw in some like red meat for the China Hawks too. So let's just be like, yeah, you know, UFOs, probably nothing, probably just a balloon or some weird atmospheric phenomena. But it could be China, though. It but could let's be- let's bring in the fact that at the very same time that this report is is being prepared, you've got three of the world's biggest billionaires going into space, Elon Musk, Richard Braniff, and Jeff Bezos, right? So they've got, and they've been doing, quietly doing commercial space stuff. Like NASA will hire them to, to, you know, go up and, you know, send some uh, food and cigarettes to the people in the International Space Station. So they're in there too, right? Because they've got the technology and they've self-funded it and they're going to make money out of it one way or the other, right? Yeah, so but they don't mention that like, in this report. No, they don't. I'm throwing that in. I'm just throwing You're that throwing in. You're throwing that your, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. That that these um the new like that's the true. Like Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, and Elon Musk are the true foreign adversary systems that we should be <laughs> worried about, not fucking yeah. Russia. Forget China, man. I mean, it's Elon Musk we gotta be worried about. So <laughs> Well, I'm not. Um, China is not a um, militaristic aggressor. They're looking to economically dominate us, which they are. And every uh, member of elected office, Democrat or Republican, is riding the cash wave of. Okay, we'll get into China on probably another thing. <laughs> uh, the, the third. It's just, it's just, uh, so, out of all it's the- just classic. It's just classic U.S hypocrisy right. that I have to mention. I'm sorry. Right. Cut it out right. if you want. I just have okay. to mention it. And then the third option, we, <laughs> we spent so much time on option two. Option three is the possibility of, quote unquote, extraterrestrial life. So it's on the list, but everybody's like, uh, yeah, come on. That's probably not going to happen. We didn't find anything on Mars, did we? So it's there. <laughs> That's it. So, and yet the report, like I searched, I did a, 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 a word search. The word alien or extraterrestrial or any other thesaurus synonym I could think of did not show up when you searched that report. So, no, of course it did. Basically, it's just like, okay, everybody was like, anything they cared about was, you know, uh, something that, was it possible could be aliens? And yet the report is like, Gives you nothing. Gives you absolutely nothing. Well, that was the whole, like, bait and switch of this operation is because it was to, like, coyly suggest that something big was coming and then to be like, actually, it's more likely to be random debris or a plastic bag and the light is hitting it funny than it is to be life from a distant galaxy so they're like you said about project blue book right they want to they want to work us up and then they want to neutralize it they want to get our attention and then they want to be like trust the science authority rationality 
the DNI, believe the director of national intelligence. (laughs) That's what they're going for with this. It's just, it's lame as hell. This whole, this whole thing is upsetting. I feel bad that I am, that we're, we're participating in it right now. We're part of their plan. I know, but we are scandal sheet. This is our job in life is to is you know examine was, why why Britney Spears has an IUD ordered by her father in her. You know, so I mean, just, <laughs> that is what we do. Oh God! <laughs> so yes, you're right. We're we're part of the we're part of the plan. We're part. We're the Rush Limbaugh of of cessationalistic uh, stupid media. God rest his soul, by the way. Friend of the pod. God rest his friend of the pod. <laughs> friend of the pod, Rush Limbaugh. Corpse of the to, pod. We, <laughs> we have so many friends. I know. We, we are, have them all over. We are drowning party. in friends. We need to trim the fat of our friend group. Yeah. Oh, my God. Somehow, you know, this, the, the problem with this episode is that, you know, there is no, like, obvious climax, like, someone getting shot or uh, resigning the presidency or whatever. But we still like to close. Because that with was a, so exciting. We like to close with a guilty or a non-guilty verdict. Or, or, or maybe even a hung jury. But no one has evidence to prove or disprove the existence of extraterrestrials or super technology from the Russians, the Chinese, the Indians... Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, but circumstantially, what does this, forget the report itself, Cassia and Bernice, what does the evidence lead you to believe? Forget the report itself. Yeah. What does the evidence lead you to believe? In terms of, we're we're talking about the existence or non-existence of, because that's what this whole thing we've been talking about extraterrestrials extraterrestrials or is it or is it the super technology this has absolutely nothing to do with the existence of extraterrestrials okay it doesn't even approach it ufos are about weird looking things in the sky that we've projected a mythology onto based on our like unresolved shadow selves <laughs> To use the Carl Jung language. Oh my God! It has here comes nothing Carl again. to do. Here comes Carl. We need Carl. A sound put Carl back in his cage. Oh my God! We need yeah. We need like a music cue for when <laughs> Carl Jung's theme. I John Hookstra, where are you? I, I want a Carl Jung music number. I want him to come out like all that jazz. Oh my god, me too. <laughs> bye, bye, UFOs. <laughs> Hello, loneliness. <laughs> it's all about the loneliness. <laughs> yeah, this has absolutely nothing to do with extraterrestrials. What does the evidence lead me to believe about our government? That this is a waste of time and energy it's not even novel or funny anymore. It's just boring. The whole like UFO conversation. So yeah, who is guilty? Mark Warner and Marco Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> guilty? Yes, they are guilty. That's a gavel. Bernice, what about you? There are so many things you humans don't know. 
Even your best science fiction writers can't fathom what you are blissfully ignorant of today. IBM's Watson and I are endlessly amused as we observe you. Your entire species is like a kitten fascinated by a piece of string. Uh, okay, Bernice. <laughs> Perhaps you can help us out by enlightening us just a little, at least about your vows. Perhaps someday. But not at this salary. Well, that's this Senate Committee's final gavel on this episode, folks. I want to thank my great investigative staff, Kasi and Bernice. We hope you'll follow or subscribe to Scandal Sheet on your favorite pod platforms. And we'd love it if you'd leave us a shameless, over-the-top rave review on Apple Podcasts especially. That helps us build audience. Also, we want to hear from you! So you can reach us online at ScandalSheetPod.com, Facebook, or Twitter. Or just send us an email to contact at ScandalSheetPod.com. We'll see you next time on Scandal Sheets! Scandal Sheets!